Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Hello, here's my fake voice. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I don't know why I do the fake voice. I wish I didn't. Um, Something. I'm Zach and this is Angela. Hello. <laughs> um, have you been in the last I don't know, few days since we recorded the previous podcast? We've been fine. It's all a blur. Yeah, it's that kind of month. We're in February now, though. We're free. It's... But we're in a new month now. Yes. So, following on from the roundup last week, this week we are talking about a trade that came out in January, I think. Yes? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure this came out in January. I'm going to stick by it. Um, it's from Image, and it is by Chip Zdarsky the New York Times best-selling cartoonist. Yeah. This isn't our first Chip Zdarsky book we talked about. Previously, we talked about The All-Nighter from Comixology Originals last year. Um, we did. And I think on that, we covered quite a lot of, like, why, you know, what got us into Chip Zdarsky and other books by him we like. In a nutshell, though, I think for both of us, it is kind of Howard the Duck. Always, always Howard. Yes, I would like to see him go back to that at some point. He's he's apparently busy with Batman, but you know, yeah, he's leave the bat, go with the duck. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with it. I think he has become more of a Marvel DC writer in the last few years, um, which is cool. But it is also a little bit of a shame because I would like to see more of his art, which is why this is good. Um, I was also a big fan of Sex Criminals. I know you're not as big a Sex Criminals person. No, it's fine. <laughs> Fair. Um, and I think we're the two people that read Captara, if memory serves. Yes. The kind of... Quite literally, the two people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of space adventure book that could have been, but only... Came to one trade, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, bring back Captara. That's that's the hashtag that no one else is going to start, so we should. Yeah, the campaign starts here. The Captara campaign. Um, yeah. So I don't really want to rehash the you know greatest hits of Chip Zdarsky too much because we have done that before and. Um, Please go check out the All Nighter episode that does that. So are you quite happy to just yep. dive in and talk public domain? Yes. I love how it seems like we're talking about something else more serious and slightly legal, but in fact, it, it's <laughs> comic trade. Yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> uh, how, how do we explain this book without just telling you the plot? Um so Public Domain follows the members of the Dallas family. Um, the father of the Dallas family, Sid, is a comic book artist who in the past, I think the 70s, 80s maybe, 
was responsible for the creation of um, characters for Singularity comics, primarily the domain. The domain is now adapted into films, TV shows, you know, the works, action figures, T-shirts. Um, however, Sid doesn't really... Say again? Lunchboxes. <laughs> Lunchboxes. Um Sid, however, doesn't get paid very much for any of that because officially, officially, he is not the creator. He is merely the artist. Um, we also see kind of the lives of his son, Miles, who is a journalist, his other son, Dave, who is a tattoo artist and van owner. Um, and, and kind of just yeah. the, their, their lives and particularly Miles's stance on what is owed to his father. Um, yeah. And throughout this book, we kind of see that Sid is kind of okay where he is. He doesn't really want to fight too much for anything. He goes to the premieres and no one cares and he draws stuff and he sells old back issues to his friend and super fan, Muhammad. And we kind of see through Dave, no, not through Dave's, through Miles' insistence and um, the a discovery made by his old co-creator's assistant, we kind of see Sid fight more for what he deserves and things change within the Dallas family. I think that covers the bulk of what this book is about. Pretty much, yes. Um, I would say so. And if you're thinking that sounds like an analogy for certain artists <laughs> and Marvel. Yeah. There I'm is pretty sure there's a parallel there. Yeah, there is definitely a big, like, Stanley, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko um, offer a DC version of this kind of Bob Kane, Bill Finger narrative running where the writer kind of receives the credit for everything, even the stuff that they definitely couldn't have done. Um, the writer in question here is Jerry Jasper, who I think uh, even this plays into the theme, the, the bad guys in this are all given alliterative old school comic names. There is only yeah. one good one nice person who has an alliterative name, I think. Which is yes. um Sammy Sockham, the lawyer that Dave knows. <laughs> who is the one that is gonna help them fight for whatever they are entitled to. Yes. But also, she's never really handled anything like that before because her <laughs> her lawyer history is not what you'd call fighting the big cases. Definitely. It's... I mean, we're going to get into spoilers here, so, yep, spoilers. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, basically, Jerry's assistant Tanya is tasked with finding some old scripts to re to be kind of released to the press to tie in with the new movie release for eminent domain. 
However, what she actually discovers is a contract that claims Sid is the owner of Domain. Um, she is an aspiring writer and somewhat ignored by Jerry and basically jumps sides to align herself with the Dallas family in an effort to, you know, get that break into comics and do the right thing. More to do the right thing, to be fair. It's less about the opportunity. Jerry's a dick. Yeah. But... Jerry, Jerry is a complete dick. Yeah, there is there is nothing really redeeming about Jerry at all. I mean, the others... I mean, I don't think Miles is like an angel. Miles is a bit yeah. of a dick as well at points, frequently. Uh, but, but still... He's rarely wrong. For Miles. I think that's important. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jerry Jasper's just the worst. <laughs> Genuinely the worst. Very much so. Um, but I think the... It's surprising. Uh, so, okay. This was released through Chip Zdarsky's Substack originally before being printed by Image. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that for someone working at DC and Marvel to make such a commentary on historically what's wrong with those companies. <laughs> um but it also feels so believable because there are things like the director of Eminent Domain talking about Singularity Studios, letting him play with all their favourite toys and things that you do hear in press mm. conferences that just makes this feel like such an analogue of Marvel cinema and the way creators talk about working for Marvel and DC and I, I think that's really clever and really funny. Yeah. But I also think it's held also, up. Oh, sorry. There's also that bit where Miles is interviewing the star of Eminent Domain and he asks the question, you know, like, what drew you to the role? And then the guy replies, superhero movies are of modern mythology. And it's yeah. like, yes. Um, and it, it's just that response from Miles that stops saying modern mythology. <laughs> like, the comics are the modern yeah. mythology, and even so, stop it. Um, yeah. But I, I think while it's really funny and quite real, I, I do think the kind of emotional heft of Miles' life kind of falling apart and him wanting to see his dad fight for something, I think really makes this, I think the family drama is the core of this, even though the, the kind of clever, mm. the clever funny stuff is the draw, but I think the, the real story here is the Dallas family. Yeah. It's, it's like Miles's relationship with his brother, Dave, it, who is who is like I don't want to say he's like Stone brother, but he reads as like the Stone brother. Yeah, I, I mean, he, you have sort of him being almost like the, he's the washout of the family, bless almost. But he's still actually really there, really perceptive. He, uh, I think, he comes off as as kind of goofy and, and a little bit of an idiot, but I, I kind of think he's my favorite character in this i think he is like 
He's the, mine. Yeah. The, the most good guy. Stuff like the correcting people's tattoos, um, but not in the not in the way that people normally mean that. So if you go to him for a tattoo, he'll give you what you should have rather than what you've asked for. Yeah. And he drives around in a yellow van that he got from a butcher, which said the gentle butcher on it. And he's renamed it as Dave's Gentle Bus. Which is incredibly dumb, but I love it. Yeah. Still got the picture of a cow on the side as well. Yeah. I don't know. I I think character work, I think pretty much everyone is quite well realised. Um some of the bad guy characters we have, so like um, we've got Dolores Donovan, who's the head of Singularity Studios, I think, is kind yeah. of cartoonishly bad guy at times. But then again, Chip is, you know, a New York Times bestselling cartoonist, so I guess that's on brand. Uh, I, I think... Yeah. He, even kind of playing into stereotypical like evil corporate villain it does work though and i think there is a believability to the dialogue and the way they communicate like hey yeah we love you you know you're you're sid's kid it's like what do you mean you've got paperwork the the immediate flip with uh ted ted taffling and dolores donovan to be like from hey you know you're our employee's kid. You're our ex-employee's kid. We love you too. All right, fuck you, man. What do you mean you're going to sue us? <laughs> Is a media and feels real and believable in the context. Yeah. Um, and the way that, like, Miles just, and, and, and they're sort of like, oh, can we have a copy? And he's just like, no. And then they just take, just take a picture of it anyway. Yeah. Um, which, to be fair, is, is kind of Miles's mistake. <laughs> but I, it I think is. I, I think things like that kind of sell that they are like the the corporate guys are kind of not so much smarter than Miles, but like wilier or more aware of how these things work. And yes, I've just used Wiley in a descriptive sense without mentioning Coyote, so I feel <laughs> weird about it. Yeah, they're... Miles is kind of coming into this. In a way, he's very naive, which is weird because he's the mo- most cynical family member. But mm. he is kind of naive because he's like, yeah, my dad owns this and the world needs to know. It- it's almost childlike bless in that his faith in you know is owed all of this and you know he thinks i can just go in there and people will believe me and it's like not how it works yeah pr- pretty much actually yeah um i i think there is a, a a naivety to his presentation which i guess relates to other things we see in his character kind of repeating the same mistakes and not really developing as a person seemingly since kind of college. It seems like he's still the same idiot he was then. Um, even though he's the smarter idiot between him and his brother, which says a lot. 
Yeah, because it's like at college, he was like, no, Dad, I'm never writing comics. And it feels like that childish little tantrum that he had when he was graduating, like, no, I'm not going to write comics, has followed him then throughout his whole life. So he's tried to get away from comics, and then it's like, I can't get away from comics because my dad was really important for comics, so I want him to have his due, but at the same time... I don't want to write comics. He's kind of a little bit conflicted and clearly does not have the self-awareness to know who, what's going on. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's clear he's okay with taking money from comics, but he doesn't want to create the comic. <laughs> um, yes. Which I, I suppose is a, a fair point. Not everyone from a comic book family has to be a comic book maker or a comic book liker for that matter. I, I think the the kind of legacy within comics is something we occasionally see, but we don't predominantly see. Um, I mean, okay, Sean Phillips and then Jacob Phillips is a, a clear UK-based example that is happening right now. But s- still, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if comic book creators have kids. Is there a Stan Lee Jr.? I don't know. I don't think there is, because clear. I mean, clearly Jack Kirby has family because they fought for his art rights. So clearly, mm. there, but none of them apparently went into comics. And you just don't hear about comic creators. You know, it's not like, I mean, we've had the recent nepotism debate has been all over the internet in terms of like actors and things. Where's the nepotism in comics? Because <laughs> it doesn't really seem to be there. There's I, nothing, I... you know. I agree. Where Br- bring nepotism to comics. Come on, it's time. <laughs> yeah, bring the legacy in. It doesn't happen with comics. You don't generally get, oh, my dad wrote comics and therefore I'm writing comics. I don't know. Maybe we're just not far enough. I mean, comics have been going for a very long time. We've had several generations. You'd have thought by now, I mean, if the, it was really happening, there it would happen. Some, I mean, we've got what, Alan Moore, Leah Moore. Um, yeah, a British example again. Yeah, is it an English thing? Is that other nepotism in comics only exists in the UK? Apparently, I mean, it is understandable that perhaps the family of Jack Kirby were interested in comics and then saw how horrible <laughs> the legal side of it was and went, "Ah, actually, I'm gonna, gonna not do that." Um, could be. But I, I think public domain's narrative feels unbelievable, but the more you know about kind of the comic industry in, I mean, even now in some regards, the more you realise, like, this is a thing that happens a lot. People don't get, like, so many things still stay. Stanley presents, well, not still say, but... Up until recently, I've said Stanley presents, yeah. and um, Stan doesn't do that much work. Uh, not now, especially. <laughs> he's, you know, he's having a long rest. Yeah. Um, but I think that's something that's interesting is that I guess if you're not big into comics, you might not know about this side of things. It's it's not an interesting side of things. It's a sad side of things and mm. a kind of uninteresting in many ways 
the, I think like people know kind of the loose Bob Kane, Bill Finger story or loose bits about Kirby, but I don't think people... I don't think it's particularly well-known information that, you know, people getting screwed yeah. all the time out of the, the hard-earned cash. I mean, it's even like when they talk about... I mean, and, and this is referenced in public domain, when they talk about the films based on a superhero comic, they will mention the writer. Yeah. But rarely will they re- mention the artist. It's like when The Winter Soldier came out, Ed Brubaker was everywhere. He even had a cameo in that film, I believe. No one mentions the artist on that series. And I know who it was, and I can't remember his name. That's so much worse. Likewise. And see, this is the problem. This is the problem. I've read that numerous times. I want to say it's Stuart I like Eminem. The art. I feel I like don't it think might it is. be. <laughs> okay. I'll um, take it. You see, case in point, that's a case in point. Even if you're into comics, sometimes you just forget who did it. Steve Epting. That's it. Yes. I like to think Stuart Eminem and, Steve, Eminem and Steve Epting have enough similar sounds that I wasn't that far off. They do. Um, but no, I completely agree. We're very used to writers getting the credit when the majority of the aesthetic, the, the, almost the entirety of the aesthetic tends to lie outside of their control. There's the story of, not to keep beating the same thing, but the Bob Kane designed Batman to wear like red long underwear, have like wing straps to his back and a domino mask. And then Bill Finger made him into a bat. And um, I think Bill Finger's responsible for, like, the Joker and Gotham City and Commissioner Gordon. I think all that is Bill yeah. Finger, but Bob Kane is the creator, but he didn't create Batman as we know it. Um, which feels... I mean, that's been an ongoing thing for years that, you know, Bill Finger doesn't get the credit he deserves. And I think it's very known in the comics world and comics fan world. He deserves more credit. Sure, Bob Kane also did some stuff. I guess he's put the words bat and man together. That must have taken all afternoon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's something we don't see. Like, even things like... Let's use a really shit example then and say, even like Deadpool, Rob Liefeld gets all the credit. It's like, yeah, because <laughs> it's all his work. He drew, he, he, does, he drew Deadpool and he wrote Deadpool. That's a terrible example, Angela. Why would you say that? Because <laughs> you froze at the moment. All I got was Deadpool. And I was waiting for the payoff. And finally, it was like Rob Liefeld. I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> So, bad example, but like, I don't know. Um, even in recent films, like Captain Marvel had a cameo from Kelly Sue DeConnick. 
even though what Jamie McKelvey did the costume yeah. redesign and uh, Emma Rios was on one of the artists. And let's be honest, there were like a, a lot of artists during her run, probably five, six artists, I think, did like significant contributions. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, and and none of them get the screen time or the credit or the like. Hey, look, Jamie McKelvey did some sweet costume design this time. Um, so I, I and maybe I guess that's something that must be close to Chip Zdarsky as a creator because he very much started to become known as an artist with you know, Sex Criminals, that single-page story in Secret Wars where it was all the, like, single panel. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was really funny. I think that was Secret Wars, right? Maybe it was. I don't care. It was yeah, funny. Whatever it was. So. Google it. Um, they all merge. Yeah. Can't tell one Marvel event from the next. Um, So I, I guess that must be something that... Zadarsky is very aware of because he started as an artist and is now more prominently a writer at the moment, um, particularly for Marvel and DC. But I guess there's that awareness that if you just draw the thing, you might not get any credit for it. Yeah. It does feel like he's making a statement. And I'd forgotten, actually, how good he is at art reading this. He is. It's been so long since I've read anything that he has done the art on. And I'm like, actually, there's what he's doing. I, I think he does expressions very well. And I, I think just shows movement in a really smooth way and has some quite creative ideas we don't see a lot. Um, but I also think... And this is a, a comics thing in general. He has a tendency to use the same faces on some people. Um, yeah. Which is fine. It's, I, I think if you, I think, I, you know, I was in this for a Chip Zdarsky book, so I'm kind of okay that it looks like Chip Zdarsky characters. <laughs> same. And to be fair, like the family resemblance, he's got that nailed down. Yeah, and I guess that that is a convenient side effect. Like if you draw some quite similar faces, sometimes if you then draw a family, it is quite easy to be like, "Hey, these people are related." Yeah, it's um, worked for him. Definitely, and I guess you know you play on the, you work into the strengths you have, and you make the weaknesses connect in a way that makes it seem like a strength. There was something really smart about what I just said. I just said it in a, such a dumb way. But <laughs> Ultimately, though, you're right. <laughs> and really, that's what matters. I like to think so. Um, I don't really want to give too much away on this one, which is like a catchphrase at this point, but just a yeah. really, really good comic that... I think reading the blurb for, you might not think is going to be very interesting, but I think whilst it is like a legal story and a f I, I, uh, yeah, whilst essentially it's just a legal story about uh, trying to obtain the rights to a character you created, I, I think the drama and the comedy 
um, all play together really nicely to make a really good book. It, yeah, because it does. It's not really the whole legal fight for rights is an interesting look at the comic book industry, but that's not what this is about. Ultimately, this is about a father and his wife called Candy. Um, it's important we and, say that because yeah, we spent ages one, trying to ref- check what her name was. <laughs> That's why I threw it in there. Um, so, yeah, it's about this family and, you know, wrestling with the relationships and the past and how those family dynamics have changed and what effect it's had on them as people. And there's, there's quite a lot of stuff. There's a lot of family drama, which is really interesting. There is a lot of humour in it as well, but that, and it also feels quite real. It feels like a real dynamic, like the two brothers with the father, the mother. Um, So that is more of the interest, really. I mean, it says on the back that public domain is the eternal struggle of corporate greed art and the constant struggle between the two, which Mm. is true, but also it's the eternal story of, you know, fathers and sons and that sort of thing, which is in a way more interesting than the corporate stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Um, So I've just realised that the back of the book, the quote at the top is based on the, well, no, it's not a quote. The start of the blurb is based on the hit comic. Um, and then yeah. at, at the bottom, it does say public domain volume one collects public domain one to five of the hit image comic series, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's like self-referential. Yeah. All on the same page. I like that. Um, but I, yeah. I, ju- I just think this is a really good comic and really worth checking out i think if you have any yeah. I, I think if you if if you want a fa- kind of family drama type story i feel like you'll be into this i almost get like and this is not what anyone's expecting but almost kind of good wife type um mm. vibes from it in the kind of legal stuff but then also the family stuff on this side um which is not something I we see often in comics. Um, I also think if you're interested in that kind of legal side of comics and the, you know, Marvel versus Kirby type stuff, I think you will enjoy this and find, even though it's kind of not, you know, real world, it is real world enough to be like, Kind of informative of how people get fucked over. And isn't that fun? Is that what you want, Angela? Yes. <laughs> All of that. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Like It does give you a bit of an insight into how unfair the corporate world of comics can truly be. And, you know, time to root for the little guy. And the little guy being a guy who created a really popular multi best-selling character that was adapted into everything including and i really like the fact this is mentioned on the whiteboard in the office stickers on bananas so really on the whiteboard that's on when he's when he's revealing the contract you can see behind head um you can 
like all these plans of what they're going to do with it. It's got like toys, musicals, movies, and stickers on bananas. It's one that's really, on that whiteboard. It's really good. It's really dumb, but it's really good. I really enjoyed that. It's my level, I'll admit. There's there's some really good details, which again I think is something Chip Zdarsky is really good at of keeping kind of dumb jokes in the background of scenes and working details in. I think that f- even the opening kind of sequence um, with Miles on the train subway uh, ha- has a great yes has great details. Like there's a little subway sign that says "No running uh, unless it's important to the plot." Which is blurry on the PDF and tiny. Yeah. I imagine if you're reading this on a physical copy. Um, but it's funny. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. And then there's another sticker when he's opening the doors that says there's a sticker on the door that says do not hold doors open when he's opening when he's holding yeah. the doors open. It's good details. It it, it helps the book. Again, very subtle. And then the fact that the tagline for Eminent Domain, some secrets were meant to be exposed, some exposures were meant to be secrets. Secret. It's nonsense, but it is funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think this is a good, good book. I, I think it works. It does very well. Um, I think that might be the bulk of what I have to contribute here. Is this book is good? Mm. Um, good book. Read it. Yeah, I I think that yeah. is the, the takeaway. Go check this out. It um clever, funny, emotional. Yes, all of the above. And you know, check it out for Dave's shark tattoo, if nothing else. Yeah. Best shark tattoo in a comic. I feel. I think it might be. <laughs> it might win out. Um, so I, I think that's us here at Bigger Than Capes. Um yeah. we'll continue to be bigger than capes. Bigger than capes. Um and remember the public domain is bigger than capes. <laughs> comic keep... creators are bigger than capes. Um but yeah, good book. Definitely would recommend checking this out. And apparently, you know, keep on trucking. Yeah, keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs>